Hello and welcome to the Wellness Trinity Podcast, where we interview top holistic experts and bring you natural solutions for modern day wellness. Let's get started with your host, Dr. Jacqueline. Thank you for joining the Wellness Trinity Podcast. I'm Dr. Jacqueline, naturopathic doctor and owner of the Wellness Trinity, where we provide natural solutions for modern day wellness. Just a little disclaimer before we get started, what we discuss in this podcast is to, for educational and entertainment purposes only. What you do with information is to be used at your discretion as the recommendations are not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any diseases. So today, I have a special guest on the show. His name is Dr. Terry Spence, and he is a biocranial specialist. He also is a doctor of natural medicine. So Dr. Spence, welcome to the show. Just excited to be here, Dr. Jacqueline. So why don't you explain and elaborate on why, how did you even get into this field of natural medicine? You know, I grew up in a home that uh, was a beautiful place to grow up, but my mother ended up very shortly uh, with a lot of mental illness. And of course, as children, we want to help our parents when we see them in dire straits. So back then, of course, uh, it was all medically oriented, what my father chose to do and my mother chose to do. But that's what really stimulated me to figure out how could I help my mother, so that being said, I didn't know anything about natural medicine, but I was looking for that. And so I decided to go to school to become a medical doctor or something in that field, because I thought there had to be something within those fields that would address the natural side. So after I got through three-fourths of my uh, undergraduate work, I found out about chiropractic and just the philosophy was what sold me because they said we can help people regain their health through natural means. And so that immediately stimulated me to apply for school. And so I went on to become a chiropractor, which for the first 20 years of my life, I didn't do a lot of nutrition. I did mostly chiropractic work with adjusting and helping people with physical problems. But that wasn't solving the issue of helping my mother who continued to suffer with her situation. So that being said, uh, I decided to start looking into uh, the side of nutrition and uh, wellness besides just physical medicine. And so I could say a lot more and as we go along, we can talk about this, uh, but that's kind of what led me to go to the next level of care of becoming a doctor of natural medicine and becoming neurocranial specialist, a biocranial specialist, an internal health specialist, which was specific enzyme therapy, just putting tools together to try to help myself. And then one last thing, I also started uh, deciding that after all the years of treatment that I'd had, I'd not resolved my vertigo and ringing in the ears that I'd suffered as a child when I was hit by a car and ended up in a short-term coma with these symptoms for over 35 years, which never got resolved through all of the other things that I tried, which were all awesome. Chiropractic adjustments, massage, different kinds of therapies, acupuncture, all wonderful therapies, but that did not get resolved. And so that led me on the hunt, which is why I started adding these other tools 
which through the cranial work, I completely resolved the ringing in the ears and the vertigo over 20 years ago, and I've not had a problem since. Wow, that's amazing. So how long did you have that vertigo and the ringing in your ears? Starting at age 10. So I did not get the cranial work until just about 20 years ago. But within uh, four days of the cranial work, uh, all of those symptoms were gone and have never returned. So that really got me excited about becoming certified. Wow, that can help me. Who else can it help? So that's why I went on to get the professional training. Nice. So we're going to talk about how to discover the source of your stress today or someone that comes to a practitioner like yourself or myself. What are the most common health challenges you've seen in the 38 years of your practice, Dr. Spence? That actually is kind of a difficult question. I've been blessed with seeing uh, conditions from just about everything you can imagine. Because people have come to me with very simple symptoms like, you know, a strain in their foot all the way up to stage four cancer. And of course, I don't treat any diagnostic. I, I basically diagnose stress and treat stress, which is what I've really been doing uh, specifically the last 20 years. But that being said, I would see the, the most primary thing is adrenal exhaustion and adrenal stress because of so many, oh my goodness, so many factors, right? Air, water, soil, oh my goodness. Uh, people's fast pace of life, they're just burning up their, their adrenals because of emotional stress, but there's a lot of other types of stress which we'll get into later. But, but really, I would say if, if my focus has been on everybody that comes to me, no matter what they come with, it's still going to be some type of stress that's got them where they got. So that's what's important. So if I had to think about it, people that are athletes, for instance, they come in, they're, they have weak areas, like they've had torn rotator cuffs. I see a lot of this, you know, or knee problems or hip problems. And so when they work out, it really impedes their abilities to do what they want to do. And so what's amazing was with biocranial, wow, what a major impact on people like that. They get results very, very quickly within three to four visits. Uh, they are just like maxed out. It's just amazing. But along that same line, I see people over the years, many of them improve with their digestion. I mean, blood pressure normalization, blood sugar normalization. Uh, had a lady last week, re uh, completely, she was a nurse, completely no more resting tremor after two biocranials. That is amazing. Wow. Yes. So that's why, I mean, I see so many different kinds, which I'm just blessed to be able to, to do that. Yeah, it sounds like biocranial can help a lot of different people. Yes. Yeah. So I, would you say that the primary focus of being a doctor is to look for the stress? Yes, and I'm glad that you said that because in my life, as I've thought about what I've done, my passion is trying to help people maximize their wellness potential. So in order to do that, I have always believed that the highest call of a doctor is to prevent what he treats in order to do that, he needs to really take time to consult and examine for all of the 
possible sources of stress that have led that person to whatever their health challenge is. And that can be multiple. And so I like to talk about that uh, a little bit when it comes to stress, because a lot of people don't really know what that means. They always think it's just emotional. But when we get into sources of stress, if you're really going to do your homework, you need to investigate, okay, is the source emotional? And I have my examination. I'm able to figure that out. And if it's emotional, is it subconscious or is it conscious? Those are two primary categories. Mm -hmm. Or do they have some kind of structural stress, like asymmetries in their body, uh, differences that could have happened from birth or from traumas, you know, which could be uh, like a head injury. Or how about just repetitive micro trauma that leads to asymmetries in the body and then thus, you know, vulnerable to injury. Or they can have nutritional deficiencies or they can be affected dramatically by electromagnetic frequency stresses, right? Or chemical poisoning, from their environment, or heavy metals, or pathogens. I mean, you name it, right? Yeast, mold, fungus, oh my goodness, parasites, flukes, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's important uh, to investigate all of those arenas because, uh, as you know, you can have some, 10 people come in with the same, quote, diagnosis, and it'll be 10 different pathways how they got there. Yeah, I always explain that to my clients too, or as long as I remember to, that there's many different types of uh, factors that can be too much of a bad thing or toxins and infections. And then um, we can have deficiencies as well. But either way, we have to look at, we have to figure out which each one are. And if we're forgetting one, say we're, say someone focuses on heavy metals, but they don't look for parasites, or they don't think about their emotional or spiritual imbalances, then the person can still be imbalanced and wonder why they're spinning their wheels on any type of program that they're doing. And see, this is another reason why I believe it's important that we get education and we continue to add to our tool bag, if you will, uh, to help people. Because I honestly am thankful for the types of work that I do, for instance, that will tell me if emotional is a primary, for instance. So then I, if I didn't know that and I really focused on really cleaning up their diet and exercise and all these other things, guess what? They will not get well if mm -hmm. the emotion was primary. And that goes with any of the other ones. If you picked on the emotional because you thought that was it and that really the primary was nutritional, there again, they're not going to get well. So we got to pull all these right. together. Right. And you know what? I think that, and I don't know what your opinion is, but I find that when people think about let's say emotional stress, since a lot of people probably are linking this podcast and thinking, oh, how do I get rid of my emotional stress? And I think a lot of people, when they first think emotional stress, they think I need to see a psychologist or a therapist or someone that's going to, we're going to talk through this, it's, or what is feeding my mind versus the chemical imbalances in someone's body. And, um, you know, I know with the work that we do as doctors in natural medicine, we're looking for those chemical imbalances in the body. So it seems like a, that... And maybe maybe some people come to um, you know, might think it might be chemical imbalance, but I find that personally, most people are are thinking linking emotional challenges with something that is just in their head that they they've made up themselves, or maybe they're talking to themselves badly versus uh, chemical imbalance. And I just find that it's a huge. I don't like to use the word diagnose because I don't diagnose either, but um, not really sought out 
it's not really sought out to find what the chemical imbalances are in people's body. You know, and while we're on that, just as a side note, it's like people talk, we talk about trying to help people, you know, maybe uh, work with their medical doctor to reduce medications, right? Well, then a lot of times we as a doctor, this gets again into really looking for sources of stress rather than saying somebody comes into our office and says, I have this symptom and we're going to throw nutritional products at them without proper investigation. That's just doing the same thing that's always been done the other way, right? I mean, so right. we don't want to do that. So, yeah, I always tell people too that you have to look at the whole picture and that's basically, uh, it could mean many things. You know, why don't you describe what is the difference between eustress and distress? That's a very good point because, you know, there's uh, the types of stress, which are the two main categories, like you said, or distress would be the one that is not beneficial to our body. A lot of times I like to say it produces death and in some way, maybe slow, maybe fast versus eustress, which is beneficial. Like in other words, we're all happy we have a certain amount of gravity. That's good stress. Without it, we could have all kinds of problems, right? So, and you stress, uh, a good type of stress would be like even our thoughts. When I say life and death, right? I've always, I really like to divide things, you know, when we're talking about emotional stress. We have the type of thoughts that produce life, right? And we have the type of thoughts that produce death. So, one of the greatest challenges for me with people that have had chronic illnesses is helping to rethink and refocus on their potential to be well and not always talking about the problem. Because we know now from scientific studies from people like Candace Pert and Bruce Lipton that they can prove the physical responses of the words that come out of our mouth mm -hmm. and our thoughts and what it does to our physiology. And so that's no longer a theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was actually thinking about this this morning and how sometimes we focus on, uh, you know, the enemy or the problem um, so much more than what the, the good outcome can be or what the, the positive thing that through even the trial could be too, including whatever the health challenge is. And, um, you know, when people are ill or, or I deal with heavy things in the office as well or even with family members, I'm always trying to speak life into it. Like, yes. I see you healthy <laughs> and, uh, or whatever the situation is. Um, my husband's blind. I tell him all the time, but like the first time I saw him, you can see, I know you can see it. I see it. <laughs> yes. So, instead of focusing on, Oh no, you know, or my, my clients have a health challenge. No, I see, I see life in them. Yeah. So you can't lose, right? You cannot lose when you're speaking life. It's why I tell people when they get up in the morning, if the first thing they'll do when they get out of bed is just to rise up and say, I'm so thankful to be alive today, and I'm, my heart is full of joy and thanksgiving for what's before me, no matter what the challenge is today. Even if they're in the middle of the worst nightmare, it does not matter. It's how we perceive it and what we're going to do with it. Or we're going to use that challenge as an opportunity to practice joy and to practice thanksgiving. And I can say from experience, we've all had traumas. I can say from experience, that is not easy. It right. takes, it takes an, a mental exercise. But I can say after doing this for a number of years, it becomes extremely easy to knock out the things that are producing death and instead replace them with life thoughts and life words and life actions. 
And so having said that, one of the things that I've learned in being a doctor who is investigating all the sources of stress, when you get that figured out, I love what Dr. Loomis used to say. He was the kind of the second man in, I call, specific enzyme therapy work. He used to say, once you figure it out, the fix becomes very obvious. Not that it won't be difficult to move out of this dis-ease state into ease, but it becomes obvious because you have a specific pathway now because you've uncovered all the sources of stress that now you can bring forth a plan to help them remove those sources of stress, right? Nourish the body, cleanse the body, and then the body heals itself. That's the premise we all live by in natural medicine, right? Right. I agree. It's, it's the body doing its work. You're just supporting it. You're, you're helping giving it the things that are off. Yes. That are or you're giving it herbs and things like that to take away things that are not good for you either. <laughs> exactly. I love how you mentioned that, it can, with, especially with a head trauma, or if someone is chemically imbalanced, it's a lot harder to wake up in the morning and really believe today's going to be a great day, or um, I'm feeling well. You know, it, it actually kind of even hurts almost to say the opposite when your body's really not feeling Yes. And, and um, so when, when clients come to me, uh, I even had someone today that was just like, you know, I almost want you to just tell me how bad I am because nobody's believing it. Like, you know, she feels bad. She knows her mental health is not doing too good. And it's sad. It's sad when, when people are, they are not understanding. And I feel bad for them too, because they just don't understand. Um, but I, I could just tell already, once this girl feels more balanced in her body's chemistry, she's, she's already doing the spiritual work and the emotional work. She's going to be able to wake up and feel like oh, I have energy. Like I feel great. I feel I can tackle the day. So, um, you know, I just love how all these pieces of the puzzle play a role. And on that note, you are a biocranial specialist. Yes. And that, I'm sure, plays a role, a huge role in, in how people are becoming balanced as well, too. So why don't you explain a little bit what biocranial is? So biocranial is a therapy that was developed by Dr. Robert Boyd in, from Dublin, Ireland. And I'd say he probably spent a good 30 years researching how he could impact the body globally. And he was already very, very successful and he did a lot of the other types of therapies that we've all done in physical medicine, but he always felt like there was a key. So after about 30 years or so, maybe more, he coined the term biocranial, which addressed the dural component of our physiology, which we'll, I'll talk a little bit about. But basically, the biocranial is just a three-minute procedure that is very non-invasive. It really almost feels like a, a little stretch that releases the dural tension, uh, which can impact just about everything. I mean, I honestly, after this many years of doing biocranial, uh, I just think everyone, even if they're already pretty healthy or very healthy, they will tell a difference if they have a few biocranials and are really paying attention to their body uh, when they get biocranial. I mean, it just impacts everybody and every system in the body. Seriously, I could give you testimonies over the years. Just about everything you can imagine has been impacted by that in itself. And 
just a little bit about biocrane as far as what it looks like. Basically, a, a patient is, you know, you lay them on a, t- a table and the, you contact a specific place in the back of their head uh, and you will raise their head up at a certain angle, very specific, and you hold it there with a, just mild or moderate tension and you're just waiting and feeling for that dura to release. And typically the response is they just feel relaxed, you know, when they're done. They just feel something. In fact, many times they say, we can't even explain it. We just feel good. And then later on, as, it, as it's unwinding, they start telling you all these other things that have happened to them. So that's kind of what biocranial is. And again, it's a simple procedure. It just seems almost too good to be true. You know how they say about that. But uh-huh, Yeah. Yeah, awesome. You know, it sometimes it really is a simple thing that's off, and uh, I mean, we did mention that there could be a huge, a bunch of different things in the bucket that need to be addressed. But it's crazy how when you address that one thing, um, or even just one of those things, how much it can make a difference in everything. So I'm glad you brought that up because that brings me to an important point that I've come to after all these years in practice, and that is after I've examined somebody and figured out all these things that are causing the problem. I always now start with biocranial because I've found many, many times that if you will address the ability of the brain to talk to the body, which is what biocranial does, it maximizes that communication between the brain, the body and the gut. When you do that, everything else you do after that, is affected in its efficiency. It doesn't matter whether you're exercising. It doesn't matter whether you're taking supplements or eating food. Seriously, your brain still has to communicate what it's going to do with all that input, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's only made sense. And so when I start with biocranial, I don't even do anything else. I don't do any nutritional work. I don't do any adjustments or anything because I want to see what the biocranial does by itself because it's been so impactful that many times it eliminates a lot of the other things I may have had to done if I had not done biocranial first. And this is mostly something that chiropractors do, right? Well, actually, no, uh, because remember, uh, biocranial is not a chiropractic therapy. It was developed by Dr. Boyd, and he was an osteopath in Ireland, so it's not even from the United States. That's why most chiropractors, if you talk to them about biocranial, will have no clue what you're talking about. And so what Dr. Boyd came to the conclusion was in biocranial and why he brought it to the United States, actually, I believe around 1989, he brought it over and it just seemed so crazy that he was actually rejected. And so he went back home and didn't come back for, I think, 10 years. And then in 1999, which I got, I believe, in around 2000 when I got introduced to it, it started taking hold. Because what he figured out was that it doesn't matter what kind of distress that you have on the body, the dura, which is the tent that goes over your brain, surrounds a brain, and is intimately attached to the skull, okay? That tent under any kind of distress always does only one thing. It contracts. It over-contracts. Then that in the body is transferred into two possibilities. It causes a tissue or an organ in the body to either overwork or underwork. And, you know, you can go down many rabbit trails with that. 
And so the bottom line is he figured out a way through the term he coined, uh, biocranial releasing the term he coined, contracted dural syndrome, to release that tension, which literally can impact, like I say, anything from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Okay. So can you expand a little bit on what the dura is? Yes. So the dura, to keep it simple, it's like three layers, but the outer layer is attached to the skull, and then we have two other layers. The one that's outside of the brain is called the dura mater, which in Latin is means tough mother, which is interesting because I always tell people it's like saran wrap. You know how tough saran wrap is. If you tear it, it tears easy, but to try to get it to tear, it's just like wrinkles and just tough. Well, what's interesting, when the dura contracts, and much of the time the dura is contracted because of asymmetries in our skull, which could have happened even while we were in the womb. So think about it from a logical standpoint. If your face is not symmetrical, that means the dura is not symmetrical on one half of the brain to the other, which means there's going to be a different tension, which means the signal is going to be transferred down through your body. Just think about it. If you come out with symmetries that are, you know, you come out with asymmetries, you're going to develop differently on one side of your body than the other. You could wow. literally have, you know, a lack of development or efficiency and say everything on the left hand of the body, like the heart, the, the, the pancreas, you know, your descending colon versus on the other side, you know, could be your liver or ascending colon. Point is, it's like sandpaper, you know. It's like I tell people, it's like having a 220 power supply up here on top because what I didn't realize as a younger chiropractor is that our nervous system, 80% uh, of that is really in the brain, maybe more than that. It's the brain in that section. So it has a much greater impact than, you know, the spine as a, as a whole. Even that's what we all focused on in chiropractic, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, if you have asymmetry in the face, your body is going to go wherever your face goes. Now, that sounds kind of crazy, but everything is going to follow where, where, you know, the, where your head is. Like if you have asymmetry, maybe you've got one eye lower than the other, one nostril narrower, one ear higher. I, people, a lot of times, they've never noticed it. And when I show them, they go, oh, my goodness, I'm a freak. You know, that's, that's hilarious because they all of a sudden start realizing, wow, I do have some asymmetry. And, of course, that transfers into a different signal. And then, if you and then if you put that on top of other traumas, I mean, we're talking, that just could be even developmental or maybe too much uh, stress when they come out of the womb. Or, as Dr. Boyd used to say, if they're taking cesarean, they don't have that natural compression, decompression that we need to jumpstart all of our systems. So those people need biocranial as bad as anyone else to jumpstart their systems. And so basically when you're doing biocranial, are you fixing the symmetry? You can over time. you got to understand the younger people are, you know, they're more malleable. But, you, you know, you can get what is known as plastic deformation. But the real key is even if you have the asymmetries, if you can begin to unlock the suture uh, fixations, which you'll do with, with the cranial work that we do. And there's movement. See, that movement transfers into less stress on the dura. 
So on the other hand, I've seen lots of changes in structure. And you can imagine if your head's supposed to be centered and it tilts to one side a little bit, that's a huge difference in the load. You know, that you know, when you get into geometry and look at the load factors, when your head's not right where it is, if it's too far forward, too far backward, oh my goodness. This has, again, an overall effect on the symmetry. Or well, on the go back to stress, right? So yes. if, you're, yeah. if your head is, in, is forward, we're looking at computers all day, a lot of us, and our head gets forward, how much extra stress is that adding on our body where when you start to release that and put it, get your muscles in the right place and your dura, that's a whole new topic for me, then how much less stress could we actually have or even release by fixing those imbalances? In our well, as a perfect example, you see this all the time, but you know, in this society now, people sit too much. Gravity is always trying to pull us forward and down, right? Mm-hmm. And so people always say, well, I have a hard time holding my shoulders back, you know, because mm-hmm. they've been training everything forward and they don't do anything to like go backward and extend. What's interesting about biocrania, a lot of times people get up off the table and they go, oh my goodness, my shoulders are back and I'm not having to do it. You know, it's like it just helps them, their posture, they stand up straighter, which, you know, structure affects function. You know that. And it's very important that we try to normalize people's posture as much as possible. And biocranial does a lot to help with that. What other relationships are there between stress and the dura? Well, I would say the, the primary, um, that, that's a question I got to actually think about, simply because all stress affects the dura. Mm. And that's why I don't care if a person comes in and they have lung problems or they have pancreas problems. Well, you know, the, the numerous diagnoses, every one of those cases, without exception, will have a certain amount of dural contraction, which is impeding on the efficiency, clear down to a cellular level, of that organ or that tissue or that system. Okay. Now, when I went to you and you did your biocranial work on me, I actually was having quite an emotional uh, period of time, I would say, but it was definitely highlighted that day. And you... Well, first of all, you muscle tested me, and you, I didn't even have to tell you, although it was kind of all over my face. <laughs> uh, it happens to the best of us. You identified it, and you identified some other stresses that were going on, but that was one of them. And then you, you did your work with the biocranial and, and my neck. And I left, and I was like, wow, I don't really have that stress anymore, <laughs> the emotional stress. So yes. how does that work? I mean, if you're carrying some type of emotional stress, I mean, a lot of us, again, go back to what am I talking to myself or what is going on in my life that is causing this? Uh, is it, you know, my husband's being you know, mean or, or my job is stressing me out or I have to move and that sucks. But versus the body is just carrying this and it's just magnifying something that's going on. Yes. And so, th- again, we see a lot of that, right? And so when I'm addressing that particular aspect. There's two things I tell people. Sometimes the emotions are just trapped. Can't really explain it, but when you do do biocranial, it's just like an emotional unload just because emotions are trapped. Other people, it's because there's a change in the biochemistry, the chemistry balance in the brain, just brain chemistry. So it can be either or. Sometimes it's just trapped emotions that's not even related to chemistry necessarily. 
that are just released. And I don't know if that's because it, because I know what does happen. It takes us out of sympathetic, you know, that over, like, what is it? We're always like, on edge, (laughs) more a relaxed, you know, and there should be a balance between the sympathetic nervous system, right? And the parasympathetic, and biocranial releases the sympathetic dominance that, wow, especially Mm -hmm. in America. Okay. Right. Yeah. We are under just the most amount of stress probably. Uh, I don't know if it's ever been in time. I mean, I'm sure there's been other stressful times, but with all, like you said, the EMF and all these chemicals in the environment, things that this hasn't been natural, um, I don't know, 100 years ago or so, the amount of other things that we're making that are causing the stress. So while we might have had to hunt for food or, or had other types of stress, we were grounding in nature, we were living by trees, we were living by the ocean, um, and it, those things also helped to naturally deal with just balancing our body out versus now we have things like the EMFs that are really causing an imbalance. Have you seen um, the correlation with the EMS and, and how? Yes, absolutely. Because see now, I mean, there's enough studies out there now that at least we know that is, is affecting our physiology. So because it is a distress, I believe what Dr. Boyd discovered was it causes dural contraction. The problem is too, it's accumulative. Mm-hmm. One thing I didn't, we didn't tell you is that if you have any kind of stress, Let's just say for uh, sake of a simple explanation, we have a 220 up here that's supposed to be sending all that 220 message down. And then we have a trauma, emotional, say we go through divorce or somebody dies or we hit our head or we have a very bad pathology uh, running around in our body or some other health challenge. It causes a certain amount of dural contraction. Let's just say we heal up from that. Well, let's say like a surgery, that's a pretty, that's a, be a great example. Say somebody has a rotator cuff surgery. The fact that they had a rotator cuff was already a stress, which caused a certain amount of contraction. They can't seem to heal from it. Well, I surmise in my experience, that's because they're not getting the T20 to their shoulder anymore. So they're trying to heal something up with a 110 instead of a 220 to keep it simple. Then they go and have surgery. So they come out of the surgeon a lot better, they're moving, and yet they still have the, uh, a less amount of communication between the brain, not only from the rotator cuff, but also now because they have the invasion of third surgery. And how I know that is when I do the muscle testing, and I have to give you a perfect example while we're thinking about that, just yesterday, working on a patient here in Nevada, for several months doing the testing. Oh my goodness, she's doing so fantastic and she's strong, strong, strong. Every month I come, she's not blowing out at all. That's what you want to see. But mm-hmm. she's doing the things she needs to exercise and eating right. This time she comes in, oh, she's blown out in her legs. I'm going, what is going on? So then she tells me that right after uh, she saw me the last time, she was in a car accident. That's one thing. And number two, within a couple of days, she was in out of her job. So Mm -hmm. see, two different kinds of stress was transferred in her body, which she did not know until I test her day with very weak legs. Well, that's a problem for me when I see that because I knew that when I checked that, if that's not addressed, it's also gonna have an impact say on the organs and systems 
say below the belly button. So her lower back, her colon, her small intestine, her uterus, her bladder, all that, just from knowing that when I did that test, even if she didn't feel anything then, she's trying to operate that system or organs down there with a lot less power. So sooner or later, it's going to end up being a problem, see? The worst problem. So the cool part about it is that because I've been doing the biocranial, I told her, hey, no worries. She says, are we going to have to start all over? I said, no. Your body has a memory. So as soon as we do one, you're going to be like 100%. And she was. So that's, a, that's, that's an awesome thing about looking at biocranial also as a preventive you know, getting checked to see if there's any weak links. So sometimes people don't really have any symptoms, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. is why the work that I do, you can figure things out before something even shows up on blood work or symptomatically even. Right. I know. I tell people that about what we do here too, which I, I know we have some parallels in some of the yes. we do, um, that we can see trends happening where it's like, you know, if it continues in that way, it's going to be a big problem. And, I will tell you, for example, myself, I had thousands of gallstones that I flushed out and I never had one gallbladder plane that I can think of at least. I just had other symptoms going on where it made me investigate what, what is going on. And, you know, you, we don't, by the time we have a pain, it's already really bad. And we don't want to wait till we have a pain or we have some type of crazy symptom. Uh, we're losing our hair like I was losing my hair at the time. You want to find it before it's it's a huge problem because one, it's less of a stress. <laughs> you know, when you're losing your hair or you're you're you can't work or whatever the case is that it is affecting your life or you have this huge pain that's never fun. Then now you have a lot more cleanup work as well too, and that takes more money and more time and more investment into uh, doing some type of long-term um, intense program versus if you just kind of take care of yourself along the way and make sure you're always yeah, balanced as much as possible, then it's, it's not so much of a big cleanup work and hopefully not too far gone, which I like to think that most things can be turned around, but sometimes people are very, you know, very far off the edge where it's like it, it will take a lot of work. Exactly. And as you know, there are those cases where you do everything you can do and they're doing everything they can do. And then there's just been too much damage. But in all those cases, they still had a better quality of life. Exactly. Because they changed some things and they chose to look at it differently. And then you just let the body do what it can do. If, if, and so outside of too much damage being done, which we don't know that, we're not God, right? Mm-hmm. We just do what we do. And this is why I tell people, they used to say the five most dangerous words were, maybe it'll go away. Then you don't want to hear in your office. And I try to teach people, our symptoms are a gift. So you want to learn to recognize the minor symptoms. People, you're complaining. No, no. That's a gift. Pay attention to that because that's an early gift to tell you, you know, let's just see if we can figure out why that's happening because that would be early. And right. So just this week, and our, we cry for our patients, right? We cry. Our passion goes out for these people because just this week, and I'm thankful she came in, but I had a patient several years ago got her started off and she just, and I told her now, you've got to make some changes because if not, you've got a freight train coming at you. That was in 2016. She came in last week on the day that she was diagnosed with stage four cancer in the breast. Wow. You know what she said to me, which made me cry. It happened just like you said. I didn't do anything you told me to do. 
That's why I'm here. So I know I've got a challenge. She said, I'm ready to go after it. I said, well, then you're going to beat it. I said, nice if we could have started earlier, but hey, times that we need a wake-up call. Right, yeah. Pay attention to the minor symptoms. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and even things that show up on tests, I mean, you know, we do hair analysis or anything like that. I mean, we can see toxic metals built up and we can see pathogens and even some of the tests that you're doing where you can see probably different types of pathogens and viruses and things like that growing. And yeah, you don't want to wait till it's it's a huge problem. And I love, that's right. And I love what you do as one of your things is the, uh, live blood cell analysis, which every, to me, everybody should experience that because there again is another tool that gets to show you right on the spot a stress that's going on. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know a lot more about that because you do it on a daily basis. But I love that type of work you do there. Thank you. Yeah, you know, and I love, what I love about that is that it, it is, it's very instant and it's also very moving. So, when you see a bacteria, you see a parasite, fungus, um, when you see your cells look, having all this oxidative stress, it's very clear for a layman to look at it and realize, oh, I don't look like the picture it should look like, <laughs> you know, versus having to read these complex lab reports and you're like, I don't know what alkaline phosphatase is or some random things that are on these tests. And uh, what, is it, what does it mean? And then there's all these hidden things. I mean, I like the lab testing too. I do those as well. Uh, but that's definitely one of the first things I like to just, you're going to see your blood cells at first. <laughs> and, yes. and, you know, it's a great way to get started and get a window into what everything else that's going on. I would like to just kind of readdress, because I've been thinking a little bit more about this from earlier in our conversation, as I was thinking about patients I've helped through the years. And I would say in uh, a larger category, wow, people really respond who have migraine headaches, really any kind of headaches, Mm -hmm. really quite quickly. When it's a dural stress problem, the headaches are, it's amazing how fast those dissipate. And so a big thing about biocranial is how it helps people in pain reduction. And it really doesn't matter whether it's fibromyalgia type pain or some extremity, you know, like whether it's shoulder or knee. Because you imagine, if you're turning the power back onto something, uh, then that means it's doing the work it's supposed to do and other things are not having to compensate, which is a lot of time where the pain is. They're mm-hmm. overworking because they can, but they're going to wear out. So, you know, when it comes to pain syndromes and headaches and things like weakness, like I said, especially with athletes, and I have these uh, even college athletes, like the coaches will send them to get biocranial because they can tell a difference in their stats. So that's on a person that might be fairly healthy, but it's impacting their stats. Well, you know, that can be a big deal to an athlete if it increases their speed or their ability to jump higher or their flexibility, right? Anyway, just just wanted to throw a little bit more of that in there as I was thinking about it. Yeah, and, um, you know, on the note of athletes, do you work with any type of boxers or anyone in the UFC or, or MMA, someone that does karate, any type of fighting? Well, over the years, I've not ever had – like boxers, but obviously have compadres around the nation who do biocranial, and some of them are in environments where that's kind of their focus. And so when we start, you know, putting those together, it's amazing. Like I say, there's hardly a condition that has not responded. But you take somebody that's had uh, 
ongoing head trauma. Like, you know, I take care of football players a lot of times that have, you know, they're getting banged up pretty good. In fact, this week, one of the NFL players, I just met him, and he played for the Chiefs for eight years. And it, what's hard for them to believe is that when I go in there and I do the muscle testing on them, these, they got these big tree trunk legs. And in that case, I could push them together. And then one of his arms, and then he related to me, well, that's interesting because on the side where you could do that is where I had the knee injury and the shoulder. And so, again, just one biocranial, what blows their mind is that they're powered up. These guys are already top athlete type people, so they respond quicker. A lot of times they'll be like 90% stronger on their very first visit. Wow. Well, that really is exciting for an athlete because they can typically go back to the gym on the very next day, I tell them to rest for a day, go back the next day, and they can usually lift more weights and more reps. But I had, the, I had this one from California that came to Nevada a couple of months ago. His thing was that happened after 13 head concussions and a torn rotator cuff. But what really got him is after he went the next day and it happened like I told him it would happen, he said, but also all my brain fog went away. Isn't wow. That interesting? Yeah. Wow. So he obviously had a change in brain chemistry as a result, not just the powered up, but he also had a brain chemistry change. Yeah. And I've actually wanted to talk about the brain chemistry too, because I just find all the neurotransmitters and all those chemicals in your brain so fascinating on how it affects our mental health and well being. And so when you're, let me see if I'm saying this right, releasing the dura? Yes. Okay. Then it allows for those chemicals to flourish better. Yeah, because if you think about it, let's just pick on, let's say, the hypothalamus, okay? So we know, a little technical, not for you, but maybe for some others, the hypothalamus, you know, I mean, it sits down with a pituitary in a saddle, right? And that stock can get twisted because of the dura. Well, then you cannot even get the growth hormones out. Wow. So what I've noticed through the years in doing the cranial arc work, when you release the sphenoid, which is one of the bones that, were, that houses the, the uh, hypothalamus pituitary, then if you release that and it allows that to untwist, and I can tell you many, many stories of people who grew because the hor- growth hormones kicked in. That would, it wouldn't matter whether it was serotonin, because, you know, the hypothalamus, right, it's in charge of, I mean, thyroid, our adrenals. I mean, really, that's a that's the wow. yeah. that's that part of our body. There's actually, as you know, part of the hormonal system is not in even connected in some ways to the nervous system. So we almost we have two systems running the body in a sense. We wow. got the nervous system and the hormonal system, and so part of that's independent. Without getting into a lot of detail there, but but uh, that's why. Oh my goodness, uh, when you release dura and you allow that brain to expand and contract okay they they call it inspiration expiration it's called a respiratory mechanism and that's just that moving in and out involuntarily of the brain just like the heart does without that you really it impacts your ability to have good cerebral spinal fluid flow good nerve flow hormones chemistry blood flow it's all dependent on that that pump that what we call the respiratory mechanism of the brain moving in and out which you can see with the tent over the brain, if it's contracted, it's going to restrict that brain from moving in and out. It's not strong enough. The tent is stronger than the ability of the brain to push it out. That's wow. what we, 
you have any other really fun stories about using biocranial and uh, like a, a good, I should say, a testimony? Well, yes. And, you know, here's another thing about biocranial. I have so many stories from like 20 years ago, but I always have so many new ones. It's like it's hard to go back. I mean, <laughs> I have to tell this one because this just happened a couple of weeks ago by a lady who's never been to a natural anything. She's a nurse retired nurse of 72 years old, and she was not about to come and see me. But she ended up with a frozen shoulder. So our friend said, you've got to go see Dr. Spence. He can help you with that. She was in so much pain, she went ahead and came for the shoulder, okay? So I did biocranial on the first day. That's all I did. I could barely move her shoulder. You know, it's very painful. Mm-hmm. I just tried to rub it softly to kind of – couldn't even really fully examine it, you know? So I just did biocranial. Well, that improved the shoulder enough to where she said, well, I don't know what happened here, but at least I can tell I can move a little bit. So I did the second biocranial the next day. The next day after the biocranial, she leaves. She can move it better. But she comes back an hour later back to the office, and I'm in the other room, and she's telling my secretary, I can overhear her. She's going, I cannot believe this. This is impossible. She said, do you know that I have intention tremor? I cannot write my name without shaking all over. She said, it's completely gone. She said, I'm so blown away. I called an emeritus professor, neurosurgeon friend of mine, and who was a professor at UCLA, to say, how can this happen? She said, I explained to him, and he goes, yeah, it can happen. So obviously he understood. But she said, I just can't believe it doesn't make sense. But that was an intention tremor, which we know can be caused by lots of other things. But in that case, it was dural stress, you know, contracting that caused her to have that intention tremor. It wasn't like... um, decrease in some of her brain tissue or something like that you see do you know why she had that dural stress i mean was there something well see the thing is we don't because you know it could have been some repetitive stress she had over the years that slowly build up causing contraction upon contraction upon contraction where then i'll call it like this started shorting out a wire right in other words it wasn't dead which brings me to why i love to do stroke patients Every stroke patient should come and get biocranial. Here's why. Even if they've had three years, and I've had many of these, post-rehab, and they've been told that's as good as they can get. That is true from a medical side because they're experts at what they do. But when it comes to my side, I don't know if they have more potential until I do one biocranial because here's one thing I do know. If there is any potential with a stroke patient, you're going to know on the first visit because it'll either fire up to a degree or it won't and it's dead. So last week again, here we go, just last week, patient had a stroke a week before. Couldn't use the one side of his arm at all. I mean, he had to literally hold his, now he could use his wrist as long as he held it to right. I did my first biocranial and all but three muscles turned back on very strong. And so there's three of the muscles. I thought, okay. Most of the time when that happened, I go, we can do 100 of these, and it's, it's, it's not going to get any better on those three. But I thought, well, let's, let's just do a couple more because I'm kind of sensing where it might be. Second visit, we got a little more resistance. Third re- visit, we got a little m- more resistance. And so then he was going in because I was coming here to have uh, an EMG done to see where the damage is. But the point is, out of all of the muscles that weren't working, because I checked all of them in detail on that arm, you know, 
everything from the fingers all the way up to the shoulder. And so there was only three that didn't respond very quickly. They did a little bit, so I'm a little concerned. But the point is, if you even turn on half the muscles, it changes their quality of life. That's my point. That's amazing. We don't know what we're going to die. We don't know, you know, something bad happens. Sometimes, like we had mentioned, unfortunately, sometimes it is hard to regain function or, or uh, if we have some type of organ that just, you know, just crumbles up and pretty much dies almost. It's hard to regain that. But at the same time, it seems like there usually is a lot of stuff that can be done. And, yes. and there is, I feel like a lot of times, usually there's a way to get a lot back closer to homeostasis where body's happiest and healthiest. So thank you for sharing those stories. Yeah, it's awesome. I tell you, I, I like you, I could never retire. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had to find the thing that uh, I was it's too much fun. I found it and it's like, I think about being a stay-at-home mom and, and I think that's honorable. But now yes. that I'm doing this, I think I would always have to do this in some form of fashion. <laughs> Absolutely. My family. Yeah. I and I just, I do want to just take time just for a second here to just uh, send a message out to whoever's, whoever ends up watching this podcast. Wow. Do not settle for less than the best. And please seek out doctors like Jacqueline and myself who have a passion for helping people become the best that they can be. Because I believe they have a destiny and all of these things that they're going through are simply a distraction that's mm -hmm. taken away from who they really are. Right. Value that's in them that needs to be shared with others and nothing like the enemy, I'll say. Right. To try to get them caught up in some health challenge. And many of these, we can really help you with doing it naturally. So I just encourage yeah. you, not ignore the symptoms, man. Right, exactly. And I love how you said who they really are. It's so interesting how my client this morning um, really was aligned with this podcast. And she was telling me how she just wants people to know who she really is. That's what she was saying. I've never heard a client say that before. And it's true. You know, she's wise enough to realize that her symptoms are not her identity. And we shouldn't take on symptoms that are negative as our identity because we were born with body that God created. And there's so many miracles and things that can happen. And we just balance our, our body in the way that it's supposed to. And we address the root issue, which is the underlying theme in, in this uh, whole podcast that we're talking about. And so because you and I, we focus on speaking and giving life. Another important aspect of people getting well, right, is being surrounded by people that are thinking life thoughts toward them, speaking life words, and getting them to do the same for themselves, to see that they actually have value. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing. I agree. I agree. It's hard to get well when you're surrounded by people that don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Or if they don't see the light and don't respect what you're doing, I find that it is harder for clients. to If they're in the middle of a bunch of people that don't want to eat healthy or and they make fun of you because you do, or they make fun of you because you want to go to someone like Dr. Spence, who, you know, a lot of people don't know about biocranial. So maybe it sounds like, I don't know, like a witch doctor or something. Yes, yes. What I do, people can question what I'm doing too. When people really have the best interest in mind for you, around you, and really want you to get well, it makes a tremendous amount of difference. So, you know, I encourage the listeners that if you don't have that, then there are people out there. Sometimes people don't realize that there are people that care. 
And, you know, if we, if we pray and we seek God, we're going to find them. We're going to run right into them. We don't need to be succumbed to, to always being around negative people and, and feeding our minds with uh, negative thoughts, too. Yes. I say amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Dr. Smith, I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you and learning a lot more about the Dura. I, blown away, I had no idea what it was, first of all, and how it dramatically impacts the body. So I'm really glad we did this. Can you tell the listeners how they can find you? Yes. So if they uh, will go to Dura Doctor, that's D-U-R-A, D-O-C-T-O-R.com, uh, to that link, there'll also be a link to Dr. Terry Spence that you can hook up to and uh, get some contact information there as well. And okay, perfect. You, you bet. You are in here in Las Vegas now. I'm glad that your son decided that we, we need you here. Yes. <laughs> so once a month you come. And then you're also, um, where's the other city that you're located? So what I do here in Nevada is, to make it easy on myself, of course, I chose to be here on the third Monday of any month. So that way, that's the week I'm here for people, just to keep it simple. And then the other three weeks, I'm in uh, Plattsburgh, Missouri, which is just a suburb of Kansas City. And it's kind of out in a nice little area, which is not too noisy. Because one thing that happens biocranial, as, as will happen here, is we're building this new focus on biocranial and, and Nevada, just like in Missouri, people start sending people from all over the country because it just is a niche that's different than all these other wonderful techniques out there, but it just does something that other things don't do that I've had done in the past, which I still love all those things. It's just another tool, but it has an impact in areas that I've never seen impacted before. So everyone needs biocranial. I just have a passion for everybody experiencing that no matter if they just want to get healthier or if they really have a major health challenge. That's awesome. I look forward to people uh, contacting me. Yeah, me too. Because again, as I like to emphasize in all these podcasts is we have to look at the whole picture and we have to identify any route that is causing our body stress as we've been talking about in the show. So again, thank you so much, Dr. Spence, for coming on the show. And I really, again, enjoy talking to you about the biocranial um, strategy that you use and also what the whole dura is thank you dr jacqueline many blessings to you all right you too thank you for listening to the wellness trinity podcast be sure to subscribe for more wellness tips to help you achieve optimal health don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content see you on the next episode